Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined, as always, on Fridays by my buddy, Rich Rebar, at Lord Reeves from Sharp Football. We are here to break down, pick all of the games in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Uh, a good first round. Well, I guess good kind of in quotes, like the, the Seahawks game, unwatchable. The Bears offense, completely unwatchable. The Bucks game, you know, Tyler Heineke gave us some moments. There were a lot of points scored uh, in the Wash er, in the uh, the Cleveland Pittsburgh game. It was it was a fine. It was a, it was a B plus weekend. Uh, you know, no Andy Dalton, no Bill O'Brien. So I guess that did elevate it a little bit. How did you feel about this? How did you come out with the six games? You know, feeling about it for me, like I hit like a wall Sunday afternoon. It could have just been because of the Bears offense. But after 10 days, 10 hours of Saturday and like the first five hours of Sunday, uh, I, I hit a wall a little bit. It was a lot for two days. Well, it was a lot, especially if you subjected yourself to all of Los Angeles and Seattle, which I did not. I just I got up. I I, uh, I got up and left when I was like, I don't I don't need to watch Jared Goff <laughs> like hand the ball off to Cam Akers 28 times in a game. I don't need to watch Russell Wilson be completely lost, how to beat two high safeties for an entire half. Like it just, it, it didn't need to happen. And so I, I gave up, I, I quit on it. Um, for, for DFS, the six games was great. Uh, you know, two, three game slates and there was a little bit of six game action. Uh, so I, I enjoyed that. But in terms of optimal viewing experience, I think two games a day, is way better for sure. Yeah, I, I think it'll be nice to just condense it a little bit. I I was good Saturday, and then Sunday I got dragged, anyways. Uh, so <laughs> Saturday was good, Sunday was bad last week, anyways. But that middle game was just such a travesty. I think that that just there was not a lot to grasp onto, and then the night game went. I think a completely different direction for a lot of people, even Browns backers. I don't think anyone really thought it was going to be twenty eight nothing in the first quarter. Uh, and then you immediately knew once that happened that all the Steelers receivers were going to get there. They're like, it was like, oh, every Steelers receiver is going to be awesome right now. If you don't have multiple guys, it's going to be really, tr- really tricky. If you don't have a run back with a, with a Browns like Kareem Hunt or uh, Nick Chubb. Uh, and I did not. Yeah. I mean, brutal. <laughs> like I, I had, I got up to 10th in the spy and I had Nick Chubb and the Browns defense and they're up 28 and, and Chase Claypool. So I was like, I could theoretically win. And then I, you know, I, I was like, barely, I think I barely even min cash because, you know, Ben got 30, uh, Juju the, and Deontay got 30. Like it just, it was, it was a nightmare. Yeah. The winners wasn't the winners, uh, mostly in tournaments had Ben with a double stack and Brown's defense and Brown's like, D and Chubb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like uh, it all, yeah, it was all just darkness at that yeah. point, but yeah, it was, but we uh, have, <laughs> we have, I think three really good games this weekend. And then the first game is going to be the, but the first the game squib. is easy. The first game is super easy for the NFL to sell though. Like absolutely. Number one yeah, offense versus no, no, well, number one offense versus number one defense. Easy. Put it up, slap it, up, slap some packaging on it. And we could just, we could use that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so that's where we're going to start. The Los Angeles Rams playing in Lambeau at green Bay uh, plus six and a half for them. Minus six and a half for green Bay total of 45 and a half. This for me is a, a slam button on green Bay. Cause you, you give me, Great defense versus great offense. I'm betting on the great offense every single time. But I, additional to that, I don't think that the Rams, as currently constructed, have the ability to take advantage of Green Bay's defensive weaknesses. I think if they, if you get Jared Goff down ten points in this spot, like 
what does he do? I've always felt like the Rams were one of the teams that could give the Packers trouble if they drew them. Uh, but the state of this Rams offense right now from where it was in the middle of the season is completely night and day, especially with what the quarterback situation is. I mean, they've scored four offensive touchdowns on their past 45 possessions the past month of football. Uh, they're they're going to eventually not going to get a defensive touchdown in one of these games. Like they've gotten one the past two games. Uh, it just comes down to, I still think even as good as the Rams defense is, uh, and they're so good against the deep pass, like they're, they're the gap from them versus the rest of the NFL in terms of defending the deep ball is just incredible, but they're going to have to find a way to get, you know, points again. It's the, even as good as they are the, the Packers are going to find a way to score. I would assume two plus touchdowns. And then you have to ask the Rams to do that. And they've scored four offensive touchdowns the past month. And uh, then we're going to do a golf weather thing again, potentially. If he plays, you know. Yeah, we are, buddy. Use Walford. <laughs> yep. Uh, Walford, you know. Walford is out. Walford is, is. Is he for sure out? He Walford is out. He's got this neck injury. He, he is not going to be active. Okay, cool. I didn't see that he was officially out by the time I recorded this. So I'll have to update some stuff too. All right. So yeah, now that we know it's golf, we for sure have the narrative uh, built in. I think they can run the ball a little bit, you know, Bakhtiari being out. It, I don't love this, this, the spread here. I feel like it's an under spot, but it's such a low point total to begin with a 45. And we talked about with the, the Rams and Seahawks last week, it made sense for the under, but it was so low. There's just, there's so many things that can happen to get you there. Like the Rams got that defensive touchdown. They give up a garbage time touchdown. It doesn't matter. It's inconsequential to the game at the end of the game. It's just so tough. Uh, you know, this is interesting enough. This is only the 13th time in the postseason. A number one defense has faced the number one scoring offense and only the third time since 1990. Uh, so it doesn't really happen that often. Defensive teams are eight and four straight up. But like I said, it only happened three times since 1990. That's not a very very large sample by any means to kind of latch onto. Uh, just like you said, what we kind of hit upon, I know I'm rambling on here, but uh, that just comes down to having faith in this Rams offense scoring touchdowns. And I just have a hard time getting there. I have an incredibly hard time getting there too. Like, like that's basically the thesis behind betting on green Bay is like, okay, green Bay probably gets to 21, 24, like a huge chunk of the time. That means you you really do need two touchdowns from the Rams or they find a way to score a defensive touchdown. But, you know, the thing about Rodgers is he just does that. Like, that's his whole deal is I don't throw interceptions. Like, right. I don't I don't throw interceptions. You know, I and that's not to say Aaron Jones can't fumble. Jamal Williams can't fumble. Like, weird stuff happens. You know, football is a, is a weird game. It's a, it's an oblong leather ball that takes weird bounces, right? Like, weird weird stuff certainly can happen. But I think that the Packers are just sort of uniquely set up to battle through what the Rams do well. I agree with you. The Rams are about as bad of a matchup in this round that the Packers could have asked for. Like, I think the Packers would, would be big favorites over the Bucks. I think they're going to be a good matchup against the Saints if we get there. But I feel pretty strongly about the Packers just being able to, you know, get to 28 and – you know, watch, watch Jared Goff uh, beat his head against the wall, trying to put points up on the board and Cooper cup might not play in this game. He's questionable with a knee injury. So if cup doesn't go, we're talking about like Van Jefferson and Gerald Everett playing prominent roles in a playoff game for the Rams. And like, you know, they, they just, it's just a, uh, and Goff is not fully healthy. Goff already has the, the baby mm-hmm. hands and the bad weather concerns <laughs> and he's got a hurt hand. I mean, this is, this is an all time narrative spot. 
It is. I mean, he's only played two games. It looks like the temperature is going to be a little more positive than we thought, but it's supposed to rain now. So it might not Buddy. be freezing because it might, so it might not be freezing, but it's going to be cold and wet. And that's kind of right into the wheelhouse of the things we've brought up multiple times uh, on this podcast between Goff and his uh, baby hands. The Goff baby hands narrative. I mean, it is, uh, it is definitely one that I will be betting this weekend um, all right, so I think the game that I expect to be the most fun, the most competitive, is going to be our next game here. We have the Baltimore Ravens traveling to play in Buffalo. Potential snow for this game as well. Uh, Baltimore is a two-and-a-half-point road dog, total 49-and-a-half. I was talking earlier this week. I thought this total would be higher, and I, it probably is a little bit of the weather playing in, but I thought, mm-hmm. you know, Lamar versus Josh Allen, I thought we'd see like a 54 total, uh, and I thought we'd also see – Baltimore or a Buffalo favored by three or more, but I'm on, I'm on Baltimore here for basically, I think these teams are super similar from an expected points potential on offense. I think Baltimore has a slightly better defense. Um, you know, they have the, they have the corner they can throw at digs. They have, you know, very strong pass rush. One thing that is going to swing this pretty hard to Buffalo in terms of, you know, expected points and everything though is, Buffalo does not kid around with running the ball, and especially now that Zach Moss is hurt. Josh Allen might throw oh, yeah. 40 times in this game. You know, they might just totally sling it. And, and you know, we have seen – I mean, yes, they did do it last week, but Lamar does there, – there is no denying that Lamar struggles when they are forced into these really pass-heavy game scripts when they're down 10 points. you If you are backing Baltimore, you want them to get the lead pretty early on in this game. But – I actually think Baltimore has some pretty clear paths to winning this game. And I, I think at a, at a line this cl- like with two and a half points, I mean, obviously you'd like, you prefer it to be three, but I'm, I'm on Baltimore here. I could be talked into Buffalo, but basically I think either of these teams can win. I think they're very closely matched. So I'm taking the points. Yeah, this is going to be, I think, a game everyone's looking at. I'm just, I'm riding high at the Bills, man. I'm still staying with the Bills just because I've been backing them all year. The only thing that scares me is just the weather because that's what hurts. You know, we kind of talked about the Chiefs and the Bills. We got these AFC teams that built their, they built their teams in a way where they should be playing in domes and they're going to get screwed boned one of these postseasons and maybe it'll be Saturday night. Uh, because the Bills need to just line up and throw the ball in this game. And I think that they can do it successfully. I mean, you look at the Bills. They threw all over the Rams. They were really the only team that shredded the Rams through the air this entire season. And I know that was way back in week three, but we have a whole full sample size and no one really shredded the Rams except for them. Uh, They beat every good defense that blitzes. uh, No one blitzes as much as the Ravens, but the other top 10 teams that they faced in terms of blitz rate, they've shredded. Uh, You know, he's at eight games against uh, Josh Allen's played eight games against top 10 teams in blitz rate Baltimore's first. Uh, And in those games, he's thrown multiple touchdowns in seven of those eight games. They're really good at, you know, preventing pressure. Uh, But if, you know, Baltimore can get home, Josh Allen does have bad pressure splits. To me, it just comes down to the weather though. I mean, I, I really fully believe that the bills have an offense that can get over on any defense. It's just, are they limited uh, you know, in terms of the, you know, the wind or the, the precipitation becomes into play. I definitely believe the Ravens can run the ball on the bills defense. Uh, so if game script kind of stays neutral, you know, if the favors Baltimore, uh, anything weather related favors Baltimore, but uh, Buffalo did have a pretty good game plan against the Ravens a year ago. I know it was a year ago, but they did hold Lamar to 40 rushing yards. It was the second lowest total of the season. Um, 
they, they do have the same personnel, the same coaching staff. So, I mean, you know, do they, do they conjure up some of the stuff that they were able to have success with last year? I've just backed the bill so long this year that if, if it comes down to at six o'clock, the weather looks fine. I mean, I'm going to just take them as a short dog or short, short home favorite, just because it's basically picking a winner. Uh, just because I don't want to turn my back on them at this point. Yeah, I don't want to turn my back on them either because they do things the right way. However, you know, obviously, I think the Ravens are just, I mean, the the Chiefs are rooting for the Ravens in this game, right? Like, they're like, come on. Yeah, they, I mean, they'll they'll be favored by, you know, four, four and a half against either team. Like, it doesn't matter anyways, but they, uh, uh, Mahomes is 3-0 against Lamar in his career. And the last time they played, the Ravens got, um, you know, stone cold, embarrassed. One thing that, one thing that worries me about last week with the Ravens and, you know, it was great. It was, you know, obviously from our angle, if people have listened to us talk for two years about Lamar Jackson, just him getting to, to, to break that, like that narrative of the two games of, you know, well, while he broke two narratives, one, he won a playoff game and he came, they came back down after 10, nothing to start the first quarter. But one thing that still worries me is just the, the season long pressure, you know, from this offensive line, the losses of Deonda and Ronnie Stanley, you know, he's get, he's gotten sacked this season at a seven and a half percent rate. It's 2% higher than last year. The Tennessee Titans sacked him five times last week. This is a team that was 31st in the sacks and put no pressure on the quarterback this entire season. So I am a little bit worried, uh, you know, especially in this matchup because the bills can get some pressure on the quarterback and they've gotten good sure. defensive linemen. So I am just a little bit worried about, even though that they were able to break the curse and the cycle, it was a soft, small sample anyways, but it was the one concerning element of last week of all the positive things that they did is that Lamar still took five sacks against the team that had no business getting any pressure on them whatsoever. I mean, Lamar did not play well in that game. Lamar, Lamar had like five pretty good plays and one incredible play, but mostly played poorly in that game against the Titans. And if they are, going to win this game Lamar's going to have to have a good game they will not they will not beat the Buffalo Bills if Lamar has uh, a B minus game he's got to have he's got to have an A game like he's got to have one of the I don't know five best games of his career up into this point because Josh will even a you know at this point a Josh Allen a 2020 Josh Allen B plus game is like nuclear level like he is really good they went through that uh like four game stretch the the Bills did where they scuffled um a little bit but first four games of the season and then the back half of the season there was basically none of that um and and, you know I am still kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop with the Josh Allen decision making you know the the almost happened last week with that sack man (laughs) and and that is like always lurking and that you know that's not when you're like modeling these games out and you're looking at yards per play stuff, it's, you're not going to, you can't, you can't put in like an if then function for Josh Allen, like losing his brain for half a second, but that's a, that's a real thing. That's a We've real all been waiting for it. games. Yep. Yeah. I, I feel I'm like everyone, yeah. I feel like everyone has all season and it almost happened last week when you, we almost had that sack fumble and they were able to get it back at the end of that game. But uh, I feel like everyone has right. The Ravens defense is getting healthy at the right time. I mean, that's a team that, Lot, they really haven't been fully stocked up, you know, since midseason. And their last week was it, you know, having everybody back. And they just absolutely nuked Derrick Henry. Uh, we finally got to see that come to an end of, uh, you know, the Derrick Henry, you know, trampling over everybody in the postseason. So it was nice to kind of see that too, as well, and see the 
the Arthur Smith who just got hired by the Falcons kind of completely lean into still running the ball every first down, even though they were getting a yard and a half. Uh, and Ryan Tannehill is throwing for 10 yards per pass attempt on first down and just keep leaning into Derrick Henry getting a yard every first down, uh, which cost them the game outside of Rabel, you know, punting that football. The weirdest thing to me is after that game, Arthur Smith's got a head coach job and he just had like the worst play calling game of his career. I mean, maybe you can blame some of that stuff on Brable, but Arthur Smith is the one calling the first down runs. Like that was very yeah. bizarre, right? I mean, there was a point in the, in the, the second quarter even where you, you just saw it. It was like every, they were at second and eight, second and nine, every single possession. And a couple of times when they threw, they were picking it, you know, moving the sticks. And, you know, most of us people that want teams to throw more and not lean into the run as much more understand that if you're running the ball, well, by all means, keep running it. Like when Derrick Henry's having this stretch of the, the season at the back right. of the season, if you're doing that, like by all means, like no one's saying not to keep stop running the football when you're doing that. But when you're consistently getting a yard and it's not, it's not working, but you just keep ramrodding the same approach and you're letting the opposition come back into the game. That's when, you know, you start seeing the tweets and people get frustrated and, you know, the, it kind of swings to the other side where people are just like, Oh, now, now, you know, the analytic people are ruining the game. And it's like, no, just open your eyeballs. It's not working. Um, and then you see the Browns, a team that are built to run the football kind of steer away from that in the night game and ice the game on a whole drive where they just throw the ball down the field and basically yeah, ice Nick, the game. Nick Chubb, 40 yard <laughs> receiving touchdown is, is what ended it. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers punt that football at the start of the fourth quarter, and everyone's thinking, like, hey, the Browns are just going to lean on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, they'll see what they can get on the ground. And they threw five or six plays, have a touchdown drive, and basically ice the game. And, uh, yeah, it's just good. It's it's nice to see it. But that Titans game, it was just so frustrating to watch them because there was not even an inkling where you even felt, like, for a moment that Derrick Henry was even close, like, on the verge of popping one. It'd be different if he was, you know, shedding tackles and doing all this stuff on the scrimmage. You're like, well, he's going to – break out of the gates here soon there was not one point you felt like he had anything to work with at all uh and they were just forcing the titans into long down and distances on second third down repeatedly yeah i mean it is it's all about effective play calling and and the titans didn't do it and the bills do have an edge here but i'm sticking with my original take that i think these two teams are mega close and if i think they're oh, yeah. that close um, this game's gonna, gonna be gonna hot go I, yeah it's gonna be i just fun. don't want it to be ruined though i don't want the weather to be so bad it's like not the bills yeah driving I mean? driving snow so we get 20 devin singletary carries and and uh you know uh, we have gus edwards playing a big prominent role for the ravens like no one wants that only the boomers want that <laughs> yeah absolutely um yeah all right, but I'm our, I'm leaning towards the Bills though still, but yeah. we'll see. I I I, I don't have a I don't have an argument against it. I just I'm just. I feel like though the what you do here. here though with both these games, if you're someone that likes to look at these games, I feel like you know these are both these games are teaser spots. You tease the, you know you could you 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 tease these the uh, Packers down. You know you get uh you you blow maybe blow through a key number. And then you can, uh, you know, tease the Ravens, you know, up because you don't look at Lamar. He's lost what one career game by more than six points, you know, it's with him as a starting quarterback. So I feel like that's the, the angle you take is if you're going to look at this slate, because I don't love laying that many points with the Packers. Uh, and then, you know, obviously if you get right. Baltimore, you know, up to seven and a half, you know, Baltimore plus seven and a half Packers down to like one and a half or, you know, th now we're cooking with something, I think. Yeah, I like that. All right, our next one here, we have the Cleveland Browns 
at Arrowhead, plus 10. Kansas City Chiefs, 10-point home favorites. Chiefs, 33-point team total here. I Just bring it to me. Total of 57 in this game. Uh, I mean, I don't know. After watching that Browns defense, like – Mahomes is gonna have they're gonna have silly numbers here yeah I'm taking I'm taking the Chiefs minus 10 um they should have Clyde Edwards Hilaire back in this game though he he practiced on Wednesday didn't practice on Thursday I actually think their offense will be better without him because they if they have Le'Veon Bell they're not going to try and establish the run at all they it will just be they will just be firing passes um in this game you know I think Mahomes could have uh Mahomes could have some silly stats in this game if the Cleveland Browns are able to remain competitive. I, I think this is the this is basically the last team the Browns wanted to face of like all the other 31 NFL teams. I mean, it's gonna be interesting because you got the largest point spread versus the team that's literally the coldest against the point spread. Uh if you follow us. I mean the I mean the Chiefs haven't they haven't covered since week eight. They haven't covered a, a game since week eight and their past seven wins have all come by six or fewer points in the end. Now some of those have been back doors and that's probably what we can get here. Um, I feel like even with this point total being as high, I feel like the over is still in play. So the Browns have only had six games this year against teams in the top half of the league in offensive EPA. Like they've had one of the, the, the better schedules in the NFL. Uh, and if you just remove the two games of the Raiders and Texans because they played those teams in Hurricanes in Cleveland, the other four games have averaged a combined 66 uh, combined points and gotten it because defense is awful. And the Browns defense offense is actually better than I think people realize in terms of scoring points and having point, high point totals. I feel like their, their team total is very much in play. Uh, like I think it's around 23 points. Uh, I feel like the over on their team total is definitely in play as well. Uh, I think a lot of people expect the Browns to come out and just lean on their running game and try to limit possessions, but I actually don't believe they're going to no, do that. No, I don't think they'll do that. I think they're going to come out and be and be firing the ball early, and if they get a lead, you know, if they're able to get up a touchdown yes. or whatever, then it'll be, but I, I don't think that will be their plan, or at least I kind of yeah, hope not. It feels like consensus uh, is on the other side of that, but I mean, if you look at – so. From once they got out of those hurricane win games, the Browns have been hyper aggressive throwing the ball early to get ahead uh, in all their games. From week 12 on, they've thrown the ball 59% of the time on early downs outside the fourth quarter. It's the ninth highest rate in the league. They were 29th in the league prior to that point. Uh, Baker Mayfield on those passes, 7.9 yards per attempt, eight touchdowns, one interception. His past seven games in totality has got 14 touchdowns, one interception. Uh, so I feel like this Browns offense is going to be aggressive early. Uh, our guy, Dan Pizzuto broke it down. as like, you want to be aggressive with the ball and then make the chiefs run into more variants, make the chiefs run more offensive plays. That's how you want to try to approach like the chiefs is not try to let them score in a play or two, but you be aggressive and score and then make them try to sustain drives, which is what we've seen like the Falcons do towards the end of the season against them. Uh, but this, they're going to shred this Browns defense. This Browns defense is really predicated on, on one thing so far this season. It's been their ability to get turnovers, and it was last week as well. They're 10th in the NFL in turnover rate per drive. Uh, you know, they're not going to get a bunch of turnovers, though, against the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, who are a top 10 team in, in limiting turnovers per drive. Uh, and Patrick Holmes is a 1% interception rate this season. So the Browns aren't going to be able to just get a bunch of turnovers and live that way. I think the Chiefs score a bunch of points in this game. Uh, I don't love laying 10 at any point in the playoffs, like a playoff team. They were in this spot last year and did cover, though, the 10 points against yeah. the Texans. Uh, but I yeah, do think they that, did. <laughs> yeah. And remember, they were down 24 nothing. Yep. Still covered a 10 point lead. Uh, 
but I do like that, that this game has a real shot to go over. I still think that this game could definitely be like a 38, 30, uh, some, something in that area where the back door is still open at 10. Like I feel like at 10 points, the back door is still definitely open with, with this Browns team. Uh, Cause I don't feel like they're not going to turn the ball over either that much, but, uh, I feel like this is good. This game is going to have points scored in it. Uh, and for a DFS stance with this being the first game on Sunday, I mean, this is going to be like the game where you're going to have to have the right pieces on and it's going to be really tricky because this chief's offense is so expensive in DFS and the ancillary guys really haven't done anything. Um, yeah. How do we fit? How do we fit everybody in? Well, Sammy might not play. He is, uh, we're recording this on Friday, on Friday. He has not been to practice yet. Could set up for some D Rob, some McCall Hardman. Um, but then, you know, I mean, look, if, if CH is inactive and Le'Veon is our dude, I mean, he, he probably scores a touchdown. Like he'll, he'll end up being playable for DFS, I think. And then, uh, I would imagine that the Browns are going to use a ton of 12 in this game. So, you know, it'll be Austin Uber and, and Harrison what they Bryant. Do. Yeah. So, you know, those guys will be playable. I think double tight end lineups are, are pretty usable this weekend, you know, and the, you know, anytime you use double tight end, it's going to decrease your, your uh, dupes and your total ownership. Like Travis Kelsey, Austin Hooper lineups are going to be uh, low dupe potential for sure. Yeah. yeah, if anyone does it, they're going to be doing it with Andrews because his, his you know, price right. is so crazy. Like, Tanyan is almost as priced the same as Andrews on both sites. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you just look at Kelsey. So teams – our guy Dan Pesuda wrote about this. Uh, that says because teams have just played so much too high safety against the Chiefs, I mean, that's what's led to you – no, know, Travis Kelsey's already a good player, but it's even led more into just how he's been able to have, like, this all-time season because uh, teams just have just been – really trying to prevent the chiefs from scoring in a play or two and sometimes they still do it doesn't always work but you know it's a pick your poison type thing you don't let Tyreek beat you in a play like the Tampa Bay did the first half uh but then just Travis Kelsey slaughters you for the whole game over the middle and uh it's just a damned if you damned if you don't passing game yeah all right we got our last one here we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints we're going to be on different sides here I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus three. I feel pretty confident that you were going to be on the New Orleans Saints minus three at home here. Is that accurate? Not as I am, but not as blatantly obvious. I definitely believe that the Bucs are very live. Uh, so the past 20 years, the four favorites in this round have only swept four times. Like there's like projecting one of these teams or predict, predicting one of these teams to win, these dogs to win. Uh, it's very, very viable. Someone's going to win one of these games, I believe. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just one of these things when I look at Tampa Bay and it's, I mean, can they really get there? Is this going to be it? Like, is it, is it, or is it, cause they were hot last time these teams played, they were, they came off of like two 40 point games, uh, and a Monday night win against the giants. And then they just score three points. Uh, one positive thing that in this that's different from this game, that mid season game is that, you know, Ali Marpet's playing, Ali Marpet didn't play in that 38 to three game and his replacement got absolutely annihilated. Joe Hay gave up seven pressures himself. Brady was under pressure 54% of his dropbacks uh, in that Sunday night game. Uh, it was the, by far the highest rate of the season of oh, a Brady, man, Brady's hot. Like he's real hot. And even last week he was under pressure 33% of the time. Still threw for 381. Uh, you know, against the football team. So, I mean, he's cooking. Uh, I don't really love going against him. This got bet up early. I actually thought the over was in play right away. Now it's got, it went up three total points. 
which kind of puts it into a tricky spot. Because the thing about the Saints is, is I think the Saints offense is better than people get credit for. And I actually think their defense is worse than it's get, they get credit for. Uh, because every good team outside of that Sunday night football game that they've played, every competent opponent has scored a ton of points on them. Even with that three-point game factored into their point total, they faced seven games against teams in the top 12 in offensive VPA, and they've uh, allowed an average of 27 points per game, including that three-point game into that you know scenario. So, I mean, defense offenses have been able to find ways to score against them. They just smother these bad offenses. Like if you just go down their game, like they're just like every every like subpar. Average yeah, like team, the like Bears are getting them. are getting kicked. The Panthers have no chance against them. But you know, in in more competitive games. Uh, as all you know functional offenses are just always going to be a step ahead of functional defense that's the way it works yeah i mean look at these point totals vikings 85 chiefs 71 uh then you go back i mean the bucks are really the only team in this sample that they they just didn't give a lot of points to uh because they faced the chargers early in the year 57 points the packers 67 points uh the raiders who are more of a functional offense 59 points uh there, I mean, there's a, a potential line here where this game is way more high scoring than people think. And it got bet up initially. So I think a lot of people were on that. It opened at 49. Now it's at 52, um, which is a little trickier to bet when a line jumps, a total jumps three, three all points. But I think it could definitely be more high scoring. I definitely am on the same side, but I am not opposed to your side at all. I definitely believe the Bucks are really live dogs. Yeah, they're very live dogs. And Really, it just kind of comes down to like the thesis behind what was th- this Bucks team is is actually playing out in real time now, which is Brady doesn't have to be great. Brady doesn't have to be the goat because he's throwing to, you know, now with Antonio Brown. I mean, I think Mike Evans got to be he's on track to make the Hall of Fame. Antonio Brown will make the Hall of Fame. And Chris Godwin might be actively playing the best of any of them in terms of like getting open and stuff. And then. Gronk is the best blocking tight end ever when they ask him to do that. And he's still a good receiving tight end. And then Cam Brate is just running open, you know, because who's covering, who's covering Cam Brate? Who's paying attention to Cam Brate when you have those three wide receivers and Gronk on the field. And, you know, the, the fly in the ointment is what happens if Rojo doesn't play and they're given Fournette first down carries. That's like, that's really the thing that could trip them up because <laughs> I mean, Fournette is one of the most useless NFL players. He, he actually played really well on Saturday. He had two really solid runs in that game. It, it was he the did. best he played all season. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was. It was by far his best game of the season. Uh, but you talk about, yeah, first down, the Bucks have actually made like a cognizant since they're, cause they had one of the later buys the season, you know, week 13, uh, one of two teams. But since coming out of that buy, they've, they've actually used play action on 27% of Brady's dropbacks. It was just 18% prior. Uh, he's got the second most passing touchdowns off play action over that time span. And the Bucks have thrown 54% of the time on first downs outside of the fourth quarter over that span. And Brady's averaged eight and a half yards for pass attempt. It was at four, those rates were 49% and 7.1 yards for pass attempt prior to their buy. So they've kind of made a shift too outside of their buy offensively to be more aggressive. And you see, I mean, their, their offense is playing the best it's played all season right now. Yeah, there it's the, you know, basically ever since that lions game, it felt like that gave them like the turbo boost that they needed where they, they threw up what it was five touchdowns in the first half or four touchdowns in the first half against the lions. And then they put playing Gabbard in as the victory cigar at literal halftime. Like, yeah, I mean, 
And I just, the way I bet is like, I'm always just going to bet on the offenses. And this, this version of the Buccaneers offense is much better than even the full powered Saints offense. Like 43 year old Brady is playing what Breeze is 41, 42. I don't even know, yeah. but he is, he's playing much better. My only hangup is the defense is still bad. And it's a lot, and it's, and you've seen it with Heineke and, you know, Heineke is one of those hair on fire guys that they probably weren't fully prepared for. And he made a lot of plays. They thought they were going to play Alex Smith. Yeah, for sure. But to be fair, like the football team, like had dudes open the entire evening. Like they dropped like five passes. Like Cam Sims had a good game. He put two bad ones down. Uh, They had got, and it's been a thing for the bucks, like since the middle of the year, like absolutely since the middle of the year, like they've, uh, I mean, really the only guys that have had like kind of, semi-poor games against them was the Lions game when Stafford, Chase Daniel, and David Blau all played and Daniel Jones on Monday night. That was really the only two teams, the only two quarterbacks that have had like subpar games against this Bucks defense since that Rodgers game. They just keep giving up, like they're just guys open all the time in the secondary, uh, which is, which, you know, if they're not going to stop it, because like Peyton and them, they're, they're going to have stuff for this. They're going to have stuff to scheme. And we saw it last time they played, uh, was in part of that sample where Breeze throws four touchdowns in the first half, you know, it's, and so, I mean, this Bucks defense is the one part of the equation where it's like, who can get more stops? And do you, I, right now, I kind of think the Saints can get more stops, but it's not like the Saints offense is like so I think the that... Saints could get more quote unquote stops where it's like the other offense is actually driving and the Saints like some Saints defensive player actually makes a great play but like I can just see in my head uh a throw goes over the head of Alvin Kamara on that stupid little swing play they run <laughs> uh slant boy catches a five-yard pass Taysom Hill comes in on third down takes a sack like just like I can see all of the ways that the Saints offense doesn't get there essentially like that just the, the yeah. thesis of the Saints offense just is not able to play out not because of anything the Buccaneers are doing but just because uh there it's not it's not the most cohesive unit that it's ever been you know yeah I mean this is there's I think there's a reason that uh, the two night games are where they are uh because they're the two best games obviously they're the two tightest point spreads as well but uh, they were definitely going to have this game be close the weekend. Absolutely. This, this game is, is instant money for the NFL. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, man, you got, do you have uh, DFS takes? Like, okay, let me ask you this. Are Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes such clear standout plays that you shouldn't really think about playing Rodgers or Brady, no matter what the format, even though they're going to be at just crazy depressed ownership relative to everyone else? Or are you trying to get weird a little bit and play some Rogers, play some breeze, play some Brady. I, I personally am not planning on it. That doesn't mean I won't. Um, but that's, that's what I'm looking at right now. I definitely on DK want to reverse stack that chiefs game a little bit because Baker's 5,300 on, yes. uh, on DraftKings, And I feel like that opens a lot up. Not that it's hard to fit the guys that you want to play, but I actually, you know, you got, I, we just talked about, we both believe they're going to be aggressive. And they're 10 point dogs like, and this, and the chiefs passing defense has been bad. I mean, they've allowed 20 passing touchdowns their past eight games. Uh, and Baker's been good uh, the back half of the season. So I feel like Baker at 5,300 and like, he's got a shot to get to the bonus and throw a couple tuds. And it allows you to still play Kelsey. It still allows you to play Tyreek if you want. 
uh i feel like that he opens up i want to inverse stack that game too is basically all i'm saying is i did I yeah the, play, so i want to play go, both quarterbacks because you, you can play theoretically you could play tyreek you could play kelsey and you could play jarvis landry and then use baker instead of mahomes and it's that way easier because yeah, of the easier. playing mahomes tyreek and kelsey all together is it's it doesn't leave a lot <laughs> Yeah, you gotta play. You gotta play Kaderil Hodge and uh, and Dawson Knox. You know to to get there, basically. <laughs> and your running backs are gonna be just you, you like, uh, you know, just not great <laughs> when you yeah. when you do that. Um, yeah, I mean, DK dropped the ball. And I don't know what the hell they're doing to Cam Akers again. And I understand that's like it's never like we never look to play like road dog running backs, but like, how do you avoid him on DK? I don't know. I mean, that's the thing is I, I don't know. Like he's not going to be good, but how do you, how do you not play him? He's going to get, so, he's getting the ball so much and can catch the ball that it's just like, and they, and they didn't even, he went up $600 on DK. Like what are, yeah. like we've got a five week sample of this guy getting almost the 30 touches weekly. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. What about, what about, what do you think we get with, Singletary I mean he's 4,500 he's the home fave you know I mean if he falls into the end zone that pretty much does it for him yeah I like him on DK a lot more than FanDuel just because he's hard even with uh Moss being out to still like say he's like a good bet for a touchdown because you know if they get to the one like we'll just assume Josh Allen's gonna run it in even when Moss missed he had one goal line carry over that span so uh, I mean, I still would believe that he's a way better option that they, because I feel like you'd want to get creative and use him in the passing game and use him in space. Uh, the Ravens are 23rd uh, in EPA allowed to running back receptions. So I feel like that's the avenue for single to carry to get there. And that doesn't help you on FanDuel really at all. And you want, you need the touchdowns on FanDuel as well. So definitely DK still more. I don't think he's even going to make my pool. I think I'm going to outright fade him on FanDuel. Yeah, I, I like that. Um. All right, man. People still want to play him because he's so cheap and he's a starting running back. <laughs> right. But the, the, a large chunk of his outcomes are like eight FanDuel points, nine FanDuel points. Like, not, not, oh, even, yeah. like, yeah. Like, even, he could even score and still not be good on FanDuel the way, the way that stuff works. And cause the, they're, the, they're just going to throw, they're just going to throw the ball a ton. Um, all right, man. Sharp football is ever, everything's free this weekend. All the previews and everything. Yeah, I wrote up all the games. If you didn't hear us mention a player or something, I mean they're written up in those articles. Uh, and if you can't find them, they're they're, they're pinned to my uh, Twitter uh, handle. So just check out that, and all the games are open and free. Check it out. Yeah. All right, everyone, follow Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. We'll be back uh, with our conference championship stuff next week. And uh, be merry, stay safe. We'll uh, we'll be back soon.